<laughs> I thought I had kind of made a mistake. Oh. <laughs> Hi, this is John Spencer here at Coastline Calvary Chapel, my wife Lynn, and we're just going to continue our time talking about marriage through this podcast, and um, don't expect a whole lot. (laughs) Okay, marriage. Um, It's all about, and I don't know if we've talked about this part yet, but it's all about that four-letter word, love. Yes. Someone has said, um, you know, people are looking for Prince Charming. They're looking for that one person. It's kind of like you finally find it. You get married and someone has phrased it like this. Then love comes to live with you. And now it's like, okay, we, I, I've, I've reached that. I've got it. Now what do I do with now it? Now will I do what I've caught? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's kind of marriage. Yeah, I think that's true, because you're waiting, you're hoping, you're looking, you're preparing, (laughs) you're thinking about it, you're praying about it, right? and then there he is, is. or there she is. And and somebody said this, and I'm sure we all agree with this, that in that search, in that looking, um, and maybe we can talk about this, what this means, uh, love is blind. What does that mean, love is blind? Wow. (laughs) What does that mean? Yeah, and yeah. I think that you don't really even know what love is when you first meet each other. You kind of just are attracted to each other, and you like personality traits about one another, and you don't see the things that you see now yeah. that you didn't see then. And that's yeah. kind of what it is. I think yeah. it's blind, yeah. but it's 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 not yeah, bad. When you, when you first meet, it's all about you know just his hair, physical his attraction, smile. or. Or maybe just, oh, we, we both drives. like the same thing, yeah. we like music, we like pizza, we like sunsets. Right. And then all of a and sudden. And we do still well, even like those things. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? I'm, we had pizza last night. Don't talk about it. So, <laughs> so, so love is blind. And yeah. then you, you get married, you're together, and some of the blinders come off and you start seeing each other. Do they fall off or are they forced off? No, they, they, they just kind of come off they gradually. Come off sometimes. Gradually. Yeah. Yeah. Like, wow, that's true. And, and, and so... When you come together, you love each other, you get married, uh, life, married or unmarried, has its highs, its lows, its mountains, its valleys. But when two people come together, you multiply that by two. You have your highs, your lows. I have my highs, yes. my lows. But now they're shared. Right. I don't just experience my own. I experience yours. So, for instance... Um, your father passed away, and it was a crazy time in mm-hmm. our marriage. Yeah, it, it hasn't been that long ago, and he was a big part of your life. I mean, he was sort of the leader of your family before you Stabilizer met me. Stabilizer in our lives. Yeah, life. big yeah, time. Definitely. And so I walked through that whole scenario with you, and it was a very crazy time for your whole family, for you personally. And out of nothing I would have ever gone through— if I hadn't been married to you. Right. The death of a significant person in your life is huge. You never think you're going to live long yeah. enough to see that. And then it starts happening. Yeah. That's that's that whole vow thing for better, for worse. Right. You know, you and, and marriage is about, and I don't think a lot of people realize this when they first get married, that, um, you know, we all go through stuff individually, but now I'm going to go through it with someone else. 
yeah. their issues, their problems, Your mind and their ours. weaknesses, their faults, mine, and they all come together. And sometimes it's not that clean. It's not that easy. Well, it's like we talked about before, iron sharpens iron, and those th- mm-hmm. highs and lows, um, they affect you, and they change you, and I think God wants those to change us. Yeah, and, it and teach, to, it, I think it teaches us in a marriage, it teaches you that um, God's there with you through those things. He can be, yes, he can be, if you let him in. Well, right. I mean, what I mean by that is yeah. that marriage partner has been given to you by God, to walk through. It's part of who he, his plan and who he is with you as you walk through it. Yes. You're not alone. It's a picture of that. Right. That's it, great. It's a model of that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I do. I know what yeah. that is. So you walk in blind. <laughs> <laughs> How blind were you? Yeah, we're, we're Did all, you feel blindsided? Uh, we all, we're all blindsided <laughs> when we get married. And you walk in, and suddenly you realize, gosh. Uh, she likes to take a lot of walks. I remember I asked you, was there anything about me that surprised you? And the first thing you said, well, you do like to take a lot of walks. Yeah, when we first got married, we walked yeah, a lot. We did walk I remember a lot. that was a good time to just talk about right. stuff. Yeah. And I, and I think it's important, you know, to talk and to hear and not always come. Well, you know, women have like 25,000 words a day they need to get out. Guys, they probably have about 5,000. And you use yours up slowly but surely throughout the day. I'm starting to shoot out of the cannon in the morning, already ready to talk. Yeah. So you're right. So yeah, talking is a, a big thing about marriage. Yeah, I was blindsided by that. You were. <laughs> <laughs> don't you like to talk? Yeah, but in the morning, I don't wake up as fast as you. No, that's true. And I think yeah. you find that out, you know, when you get into marriage. That, boy, we're so different. We thought we were so much alike. I know. And, but I'm sort really of not. a morning bird, and you were a night owl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was... Yeah, that's very, Something very, to very get true. Used to. But here, here's this thing. You, you, I love this terminology in, in marriage and maybe before marriage. Uh, first you date. That's an interesting term because dates are all about a time and a, a day. A beginning and an end. Well, yeah, there's a certain place and a time. That, that's a, I think that's where you get the word date. Well, this is the day, this is the time, and this is a place. You're dating. And it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. Because it's usually a fun thing. Sure. And then comes this terminology called engaged. And that's an interesting word. Yes. And, and I, when you think of the word engaged, you think of something while wow, they're engaged. Yeah. Which means, I mean. They've entered into battle. <laughs> not the battle. <laughs> but, but take away uh, the marriage part and you just hear that word engaged. It, it kind of like, wow, the, the car is engaged. Right. It's in high gear. It's in gear. It's moving yeah, towards are you something. Here, are you here, you know, the engines are engaged. We're about to right. take off. Are recently, Start a life together. Yeah, so it's 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 this high energy. Things are getting close. Things are about to happen. You're engaged. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so you see that, and and that that's true. You're like, wow, things are moving fast. We're, we're engaged, and all of a sudden, you know, you're 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 in you're in marriage. And from that point on, well, you do have the honeymoon, and then you're in marriage. Yeah. Well, you're married. Hopefully, before the honeymoon. Uh. <laughs> Most people are. I think we. But were, you're right? still <laughs> blindsided a little bit in. Sure. Yeah. But I'm just saying, you go yep. from date. Yes. To high gear. To married. Right. And then now everything you do is Involves. impacted by that other person. Every choice. Till death do you part. Every choice, every decision. Right. Uh, everything high, low, that you do. Is now filtered. filtered with and through that other individual. Yes. That's a pretty amazing thing. It really is. 
When, when what was God doing when he thought about that? Well, that's he, why we need his Holy he Spirit. Said, Adam said he's not good for man to be alone. And mm. most people don't like to be alone. And sometimes so, you like to be alone. Well, I mean, everybody likes yeah. to be alone sometimes. <laughs> she was. Do you think it's not good for a guy to be alone? Depends. <laughs> <laughs> Early in the morning, it's okay. <laughs> you need your space. Some don't, everybody, everybody needs their space. space. Yeah. yeah, but it really, I think God knew that man should not be alone, that he needed a helper. And that's what, you know what? Well, I him, think every, both. Well, yeah. Both, yeah. Well, yeah God, guides need a helpmate because they need help. Yeah, and if you go back to that, you know, iron sharpens iron mm-hmm. scenario. Right. Um, I think God speaks to people through spouses. Mm-hmm. And, I, and we all know God speaks. I mean, I've spent my whole life teaching the Bible, and it's all about God speaking. He speaks through His Word. His he word. speaks through uh, nature. The Bible tells us that. And He speaks through people. Yes. And if there's one thing I think mm. that God wants to say to people is, I love you. I mean, that's His big message. That is His message. God I mean, so loved God the world. God so loved the world. So one of the primary things I think he wants to say through marriage to one another is, I love you. And so he calls us in marriage, every couple, to love one another and also to say it. Listen to what I wanted to read this first. I've got it from Song of Solomon. And it says, uh, you've ravished my heart, my sister, my spouse. You have ravished my heart with one look of your eyes. How fair is your love, my sister, my spouse? Now, I wanted to ask you this question. (laughs) When does someone Hmm. need to hear I love you the most? When they feel most unlovable. Okay, so when they're down. When they're down. Or when they've blown it. When they've blown it. Yeah. When they've disappointed not only themselves, but they know they disappointed you or, you know, the other person. Or, Or God. Or God, yeah, like when, like messed up. You need to know God loves you when you feel like, like you said, you're unlovable or you've blown it or you've stumbled or you feel like you've let God down. Right. So isn't it interesting that in marriage, when you have these fights, these, these disappointments where you let each other down, when maybe I don't meet your expectations or you don't meet right. mine or we have a disagreement, that usually that's the very time when you don't express love. That's when you distance yourself from right. each other Polarize yourself and, from and yet i other. think that that's probably the best time to think about you know what that's when i want god to tell me he loves me and so maybe that's the best time to swallow my own pride mm. or my own feelings and make sure the other person knows even in this situation i'm committed and i love you and i love you and that does make a big difference. It makes like, a huge difference. Golly, if you had a, you know, you say something to someone that, you know, you, I wish I hadn't said that, yeah. or you do something that it makes them just feel like, wow, that really disappointed me and him or her, and I didn't think that they were capable of doing that. Yeah. But like in our own marriage, like when you like just forgive me and we can go back and say, you know what, that really hurt my feelings, but I forgive you and let's do better. Then you, yeah. And then, you know, and especially if you don't hold a grudge and someone really 
doesn't, when you don't really hold a grudge, then you really feel loved and restored and secure. Well, that that's, I think, and, and I keep coming back to this because yeah. I think it's a powerful thing in marriage, that you have to remember that God called you together, for a purpose. not just for your own needs, but that in a very strong and amazing way, God is using that person mm-hmm. to demonstrate the love of God to that other person. And to your family, to your kids, right. especially in that home environment. But, but especially to one another, because right. those kids, those family members, they, they, they move out, and they're not as close. They don't know all the buttons as well right, <laughs> as you pressure. do yeah. for one another. True. And so to be able to, you know, take that time and to, to forgive and to restore work it out. is a picture or some model of what God does. Because God gives the spouse to one another in a way that he gives no other person. Right. I, I got a passage, another one, another one I want to so read. So powerful, isn't it, when you think about oh. that, that God has given you know, you to me for my duration of life here on earth, and he's given me to you. Yeah, and and it is to, like I said, God speaks. And one of the primary ways, whether we like it or not, in a Christian marriage, the way he speaks to you and I is through one another. Right. And he wants to speak his heart. And I like this passage. This is interesting to bring this passage to the surface, but... That story of um, Joseph, he's a slave in Egypt, and he's overseeing Potiphar's house. And Potiphar's wife was trying Mm. to seduce him. And listen to what it says. He refused, as she said, come lie with me. And he refused and said to his master's wife, look, my master does not know what is with me in the house. In other words, Mm -hmm. he doesn't even know everything he owns, but he has committed all that he has into my hand. I oversee everything he has. There is no one greater in this house than I, Joseph says, nor has he kept back anything from me but you, he says to the woman, but you, because you're his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against him? Here's here's kind of what I'm trying to say is Joseph says, everything in this house I'm over, he's given it to me, but he didn't give me you as he's talked about his wife. He said, because belong to him and I believe you know in marriage more than anything else more than the house more than the furniture more than the you know anything that we have our own that stuff is temporal and it's and it's it's just stuff passing but he's given me you and he's given you me and in some way we own each other more than yeah. anything else in life. You know, sometimes, and I'll, I'll pray and I'll ask, Lord, would you, you know, sometimes I don't know how to love you, but Lord, show me how to love John the way that you love him. Right. So that, you know, we can walk this way. Because sometimes, you know, my love is conditional or it's... Sure. Yeah, it it's, all, all it's, of ours is. doesn't really meet at your deepest need or whatever. And, you know, sometimes I'll, I don't pray that all the time because... But... No, it's pretty obvious. <laughs> Do you pray it? God, how can I love Lynn? What's, have you ever heard that thing about love languages? Yeah, there's all kinds there's of books of out there about different ways, you know, the men and women, you know, yeah. all the different. Well, I yeah, think those things languages. can help us. And I do think that we do have ways that we hear love spoken. 
Right. Not only just verbally. But well, yeah, the number one way they say women need to be secure, women need to know their love, men need respect. Yeah. I think those are two powerful ones. but And I think those kinds of helps along the way that you can uh, help bring into your marriage to be more like Christ or to love more. Well, you never just do it. God shows you how to do it, and he gives you great tools to learn how to love each other. Yeah, and, and I think that, um, you know, we're talking about this four-letter word, right. love. You really do have to learn, you know, the other person's love language. Right. So I remember there were sometimes I, <laughs> I would <laughs> I would give you something, and you'd go, what? Or you gave me some tools one time for Christmas, I and, and I was like, Give me, I'm not a tool guy. I mean, give me a skateboard or something, but not a bunch of tools. Well, you gave me a bread machine. I know, I gave you a bread machine. And I gave you, one time I gave you something. I don't know. I used to give you flowers. Then one time you said you didn't want flowers because they die too quick or something. Yeah, but now I would like a flower every once in a while. Oh, it's changed. Yeah, it's kind of changed. My love language has changed. You got to learn me. Yeah, I think I'm it trying. It changes out. Yeah. So, so I think, you know, if we, if I was sitting here with a, a couple who had never been married and right. who were in that engaged high gear process, high gear. I would just want to say, you know, one thing that I would pass on would be that God wants to use you, both mm. of you, in your spouse's life to reveal his love and look for ways. And like you said, it. look for the language because the number one thing God wants to say to people is, I love you. Yes, I love you. And the greatest and most powerful way he says it is through the person that they're most committed to and closest to all through life. It can't speak any powerfully than through that. I mean, I can read the Bible mm-hmm. and it says, God loves me. I think, well, that's great. That's wonderful. But to see it demonstrated mm-hmm. and to hear it audibly mm-hmm. through another person, mm-hmm. that's a pretty powerful that thing. That is pretty powerful. Yeah. But we really need him to do that because we're basically all selfish. Yeah. But you're right. I think that there's no better expression of God's love than, you know, being responsible and committed to a healthy marriage. Right. And and recognizing that, you know, those those highs and lows, those 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 situations, those situations that come and up. Circumstances. I know you don't, and you can't predict them, and you can't yeah. store up for it. You have to, you kind of walk through yeah. those things together. Yeah, I mean, you were you were with me when my when my um, brother died. Yes, when brother passed. I remember making the call to you when my mother died. Right. And our daughter was with you. Right. She was about. You guys were about to go to the airport. Right. For her to fly home, right. and everything stopped. Everything stopped. And it meant so much to me to be able to have someone to call that I knew who would feel the same way right. I did. Yeah. Someone that, that really knew how much you loved your mom and right. wanted to be there for you in the midst of all yeah. that. And your brother. Yeah. That was crazy. Yeah, that was, that was insane. But, you know, and plus just, you know, knowing that you didn't have such a great father figure right. that I did have a dad that was stable and that yeah. he, you know, he wasn't as... Uh, you know, everything. He wasn't, I didn't sit up in his lap every night and talk daddy talk, but I did. <laughs> sure, I know what that is. <laughs> well, I mean, I didn't, <laughs> you know, I wasn't daddy's little girl. We had sisters and stuff like that, but I had a dad that was, led our family and he, and he yeah, kept he us all and together. And, all that, and yeah. those were things that I was able to bring into our marriage that probably helped you. Um, become the man that you are today. Yeah. You're a great dad and a great father. 
I'm a great husband, but, and I think it's because I've had those expectations and you, you're yeah, Rose, coming it. up to them, which is good. I don't think you, you've said that a lot of time that, you know, I, that the things that my dad mirrored to me in family life are, have been some really strong things that we've kind of passed on to our family. Yeah. I mean, this, this time right now is not all about your dad, but right. I'll never forget, um, when we were engaged in oh, high gear yeah. and I flew up to be in your um, sister's, My your brother's, brother's wedding. wedding. Yeah. First one to get married was your brother out of the five of you. And I had brought a ticket with me to fly you back to spend some time here right? because we weren't even engaged at that time. And your dad agreed to let you come stay. Of course, you stayed at my mom's house. And um, so we're driving to the airport. I didn't really even know your dad. It's the second time I'd ever met him. and But I'd never had this happen to me before. Right. He I know pulled the say. car over. Oh. I'm sitting in the back. I'm thinking, uh-oh. He stopped the car. I thought... He said, I want to I want to do something. I thought, what's he going to do? So he grabs my hand, yeah. he grabs your hand, and he prays for us. That's pretty powerful. So you're crying. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> but I just remember thinking, wow, I never had a dad pray for me. That's pretty cool. That's powerful. So why are you crying? <laughs> so should we stop here? <laughs> <laughs> I love my dad, and that was really good. Yeah, he said, I just want to pray for you guys. He prayed for us. We came back to Florida, and it wasn't long after that that we made the decision to get married, and I had to call your dad right, and ask permission because you had told me that <laughs> if unless my dad, my dad yeah, approves, you know, just needed that covering. we can't get married. So at that yeah. time, when you first told me that, I thought, oh, my gosh, I got it. Yeah. I was like, what has he got to do with us? Because I didn't right. grow up in that framework. Right. And so I called your dad and mom, got on the phone, and, you know, I said, hey, Mr. Norton, you know, I want right. to marry your daughter. And he, he gave me a, you know, just a overwhelmingly positive yeah. response. Right. And I don't think... Um, I think that's why I always have felt when my kids were young that I would tell them, I'm praying for your spouse. I'm praying right, for right. that little girl or, or that man that's going to come into your life because... I know that God does hear and answer prayer and that God has a plan. And just like you've been saying, he's using that in all of our lives if we're open to him to show us more about how much he loves us. Yeah, he wants to, he wants to speak through the marriage right. to one another, but then also leave a legacy as he speaks. Right. As long as you're married. The power of forever. prayer. The power of... Yeah, I remember we both prayed for all our kids, all their spouses, and we had that wonderful privilege of being in the Garden of Gethsemane that time. Oh, yeah. And we prayed for all three of our kids together, and then we were in the Garden years later walking out with our daughters, in-laws, and you made that, kind of took me off guard. We're walking out, and our daughter Jenny's in-laws are behind us with us, Israel in with Israel us. and you stopped and said hey we pray for you guys right here yeah I thought man that's and he he the, uh, Philip not Philip Pete 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 said what are you talking about yeah and you said um well many years ago we had our daughter in this here, very garden in this very garden <laughs> where Jesus prayed uh, not my will but yours be done and we prayed that his will would be done for our kids. Yes. And now they were, and he, and I think he are. started crying. I think it did he really said, touch his He said, oh my heart. gosh, that's, that's, that's cool. Pretty powerful. So, you know, you pray for your kids, but that's a part of sure. the whole marriage thing is that all these different things come into your these life. These facets of love. Yeah. God's love. And they love. impact both of you. 
and you have to remember that God's in the center of it. Yes. And how does he want me to respond to her highs, her lows, her difficulties, her ups, her downs, vice versa? And then also, you know, you bring three kids into the picture and um, there's walking through that together. Because my parental background versus your parental background was very different. And my life was different. I, I was a little more streetwise than you. Yeah, you were. And you I, asked me what kind of music I like. I could kind of figure like. out what <laughs> our kids were up to sometimes when you said, no way, they're not up to that. No. I said, oh, yeah, they are. Oh, Because I was that same guy. You were that guy. Yeah. So anyway. It was a good uh, thing. God wants to speak to people. And the, one of the most powerful ways he will speak is through your spouse if you stay in love and you let the Come love of him. God speak through you. But it starts, you know, it starts at the beginning there with uh, you find this person, then you then you date, then you're engaged, and then yeah. you then you're married, and really, in some ways, although this seems crazy, it even mentions it in the New Testament. It says, "My body doesn't belong to me; it belongs to my wife, and my wife's body is not hers; it belongs to me." In some way, you own each other in a in a good way. In a good way, and you help each other. And you own each other in a way that's like nothing else you own. I mean, I own these glasses, but... They want, wouldn't, that prescription wouldn't work for me. Yeah. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> but, yes, yeah. I know. Yeah, you're right. So this four-letter word, love, it, it's really God's design for man to experience love through a spouse, even though we still experience it through him. But it's more tangible. It's more real. It's more practical. It's kind of like somebody says, I need Jesus with flesh on him. Yeah. It's that kind of thing. Yeah. So, you know, today we're just talking about how love is demonstrated in a powerful way through marriage. And it it doesn't just happen that time at the altar or the honeymoon. It goes through all the way through life, all through the all the ups and downs, valleys and, and stuff. And you have to be aware of that. Yes. And you... Always know that God's in the middle of it. If you invite him in there, he will definitely come in and help and walk with you through it. Mm -hmm.